Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. This episode is sponsored by the Group Practice Owners Summit, the first annual Group Practice Owners Conference in Chicago. The first one is this July 2019, and right now there are still openings for speakers and sponsors. For more information, visit www.grouppracticebuilders.com forward slash summit. Welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. I'm Maureen Werbach, and I'm your host. Today, I'll be answering another question from a group practice exchange member. Kristen Ballard of Ballard Clinic asks, what are tips for retaining qualified therapists? So I'm going to, I came up with three really good tips for retaining qualified therapists so that they're not leaving after, you know, nine months to a year, which I know is a, a big issue for a lot of group practice owners. So I'm skipping sort of the basics, which are make sure that your staff is happy, make sure that you're there for them, make sure you're paying well, offering incentives, giving supervision, all of that. Those are the basics. We all know that the more we invest in our staff, the more they're likely to stay if it's a good relationship. Okay, so we're going to go beyond that. So tip number one is to revamp your interviewing process. Obviously, if you're hiring qualified therapists who end up leaving within one to two years to start their own practice, there's something about your hiring process that's not catching it. Now, obviously, this doesn't mean that people say that they don't want to start a group practice or start their own practice, but really do. And this doesn't mean that you're going to be able to catch people who didn't know that they wanted to have their own practice and then loved working in your practice so much that they wanted to replicate it, right? That those things happen. But if you're noticing that the high amount of people that you're hiring are consistently leaving after a year to two years to start their own practices, there's something to be said about the people that you're hiring. And so what I would look at is what's the common thread of the staff that you are hiring that do end up leaving? Is there something similar about them, aside from the fact that they left, um, that you can point your finger at? Also, when they are leaving, is there something that they're saying, something that they're doing, feedback that they're giving that's all similar if everyone is leaving, there, there's likely something similar. And I don't know, not everyone feels comfortable asking about why the clinician is leaving and getting a good sort of termination with them. But I really highly suggest that if it's happening, to, and even if it's not, if anyone leaves, you should really be connecting with them and sitting down with them, asking about their experience, asking f- about feedback of ways that it could be better so that you can always be evolving as a group practice owner. No practice is perfect and you're not going to be able to make effective changes in your group practice if you're not willing to listen to what people are saying. And oftentimes people who are leaving are more likely to be a little bit more honest, sometimes rudely honest, but they're more likely to be honest about what they didn't like than people who are still in the working for you who are maybe afraid that um, they'll get some sort of retaliation or they don't want to make you unhappy. So look one at um, what the common thread is, and then see if you can revise your interviewing process in a way that can catch whatever it is that you're noticing as a common thread. One of the things that I do is I have multiple steps to our interviewing process so that we can try to catch 
things that maybe in one interview we wouldn't catch. Often people give their best selves in the initial interview. And so, um, and they're very agreeable typically. And so you might find that doing one interview isn't enough for you to get the bigger picture of your potential hire. So one of the things I did is um, if someone applies, I have a Google Drive or Google Doc form that I made that kind of goes a little more in depth on my non-negotiables for hiring, the things that I need, like fully licensed or a certain amount of hours or certain days a week to make sure that they really can do those things. But then I go into some of the personality things because it's, it's often that what we write and how we and what we say during the interview process can be a little different. Um, and so it's really nice. I, I've loved doing this because I can get a sense of them f- from not meeting with them in person first because I'm going to get a much more, maybe much less authentic version during the interview process because people are very nervous or um, they want to put their best selves forward. And so I have that form and I talk about things like what our practice values are and how does that align with their values. I talk about their long-term life, uh, goal, personal goals as well as professional goals. And um, a lot of times there's a lot less threatening for them when they go through and talk about their five-year goal or their three-year goal professionally. And they're, they tend to be a little bit more honest on paper, on paper or typing it out that they're hoping one day to be able to have their own practice or that they're hoping that they can learn or that this is a stepping stone for a larger thing that they want to do. And so this can help you sort of see if this person seems like someone who's wanting to set roots. And and you'll see this in the text. You know, if they're saying, I'm really looking for a place that I can sort of just, you know, really let go in and truly be a part of. Or if you have a person that says, you know, I really just want to make as much money as I can. And the other group practice I was at, I wasn't making a lot. You know, it tells you a little bit that they're likely to be kind of, you know, jump from one thing to another based off of income. So that that's my first tip is looking at the sort of a two-step uh, step is look at what the common thread is among the people that have been leaving, either in terms of personality, in terms of things that are similar about them, or in terms of things that they said uh, or did that you can find as a similarity. And then go through your interviewing process and see how you can incorporate that into it so that you can sort of catch it beforehand. But like I said, there are always going to be people who were not business-minded who become business-minded because you're a great boss and you show them a really positive work environment and they want to do that themselves, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I understand the idea of having all of your clinicians constantly revolving in and out and really wanting to have quality clinicians who are also staying. Second tip, um, are you hiring rock stars or superstars? This, these terms come from the book Radical Candor, which I've talked about a lot. I really love it. It's all on staff management. If you haven't read it, you should buy it right now. Like just pause this podcast, come back to it later, go on Amazon and buy the book. So Radical Candor talks about two types of staff, rock stars and superstars. The rock stars are solid, like a rock, and stable. And superstars are the people that want upward growth. They're always moving. They're never settling. They want more. Um, Both are needed in any sort of business. You need those stable. They're good with what they love to do what they do. They don't need to be moving constantly. They don't want that promotion. They don't want more. They love what they do and they're content doing that. And then having some superstars. They're the ones that challenge you and maybe help you grow your practice more, help you with your vision and moving it along. But 
they're also wanting upward growth, which means that if your practice isn't giving it, they're going to search elsewhere. So think about the people that you have in your practice and ask yourself, are they rock stars or superstars? It's going to give you some insight. So um, part, tip three kind of matches with tip two, which is if you figured out you have rock stars or superstars, if you have superstars, if the people that have been leaving are kind of superstarish, right? They wanted more. They want to do more, which makes sense if they want to have their own practice. How are you embracing the fact that they're super that they're superstars? You need superstars in your practice, although it's scary because you the assumption is superstars they always want more. They want promotions. They want growth, and there might be this fear that you can't offer them that growth, but you can. So, look at what your structure for your businesses and ask yourself, how can I embrace the fact that this person wants more? Ways that I do it is by having positions within my business that allow for people to grow into them. I have a clinical director. She was someone that it is someone she's been with me since the beginning. She was like my second hire. And she really wanted to do more than just see clients. And she's really great at collaborating with staff and hearing their needs and supervising and working with them. And so about a year or two into her being a clinician, I asked her to have that position. I have another one right now who's wanting to have more. And she said it. And we talked about what her strengths were and found that networking and marketing are really strengths of hers. And so we're in the process of putting together a director of marketing position. And like I said in um, last week's uh, podcast episode about delegating, you can always start small. My, my clinical director only did one hour of clinical director work a week when I first had her because I had four clinicians and I had not enough money to pay for any more. And now she does 40 hours a month of clinical director work and 20 hours a week of seeing clients. And the same will happen with this uh, director of marketing position is as we beta test it and see if it's if it's work works for both my practice and for the potential director of marketing, uh, we can increase those hours. So look at the superstars you have and make sure that you're embracing that because that will be a reason that they leave if they feel like they have this upper limit that stops, you know, this limit to growth in your practice, then naturally they'll want to move on. So those are my three tips. And I'd love to hear any tips that you guys have when it comes to retaining qualified therapists, shoot me an email or post it in the group practice exchange Facebook group. Otherwise, I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the 